Awesome. So today, welcome to Lauren to the Becoming You uh, Cosmically You podcast. I'm so super excited about this, Lauren, because when I read your bio and the stuff that you sent me, you know, about channeling and being a baby communicator, I think the work that you're doing now is really of most importance because I think what a lot of coaches are doing online, a lot of healers, and this isn't, um, uh, you know, putting their work down, is they're focusing on the adult people you know, the adult beings and helping them through healing, but they forget that this is like a circle, isn't it? We've got to really help them from the beginning. So I really, I was really, like, honestly, super excited to uh, to meet you and see your work because it's so, so important. So we are just going to have the most organic conversation. We haven't planned this, you guys. So, you know, if you've got any questions after for Lauren, we will give you a space for you to connect with her and speak to her and whatnot. And um, I've also got my own group, Lauren, so I'll invite you to that so we can mm-hmm. create like an intimate experience for people who want to get to know you. Um, mm-hmm. So, Lauren, over to you. Where do you want to start? Let me know. Oh, actually, yeah, my team is saying she needs to start from where she began with being a, a nurse, I believe, in uh, NICU. Is that right? That would yeah, be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I guess that's like a an ideal place to start. Um, so yeah, so my my background is as a registered nurse. I've, I was a, a nurse for twenty one years before I left the system, and most of that time I was working in NICU or neonatal intensive care. So working with um, you know the sickest babies, it's like everything that could go wrong. I saw and um, it was where you know babies had the the toughest start to life and you know, as a quite a um, sensitive, emotional human myself, it, I found it really challenging um, to deal with the emotional side of, you know, the the sickness and, you know, unfortunately at times death of, of babies. Um, and so it was a real challenge for me, like not only personally, but professionally. So a couple of years ago, I stepped out of that role, but it was, I look back on it with a lot of gratitude because it was a real, um, I call it like my my learning space or it was where I did so much of my training but not clinical. It's where I did a lot of my spiritual training, which you kind of think like, why would that happen in a hospital, you know? But but for me it did, but my teachers were the babies that I was caring for because I was learning over and over and over again that these things were happening and um, it was really confusing for me and I couldn't, my biggest question was why, like why is this happening, why you know, is this intensive care unit full of sick babies when, you know, they're supposed to be born like at term and healthy and pink and with mum and, you know, and seeing babies born addicted to drugs and born into really challenging social situations. It really, I really struggled ethically and morally with the whole thing, wow. um, the whole coming to earth, you know, it was um, really challenging. Like why, why would this happen? And so I actually took a break from nursing in 2011 because I couldn't deal with it anymore. I'm like, I was sick of, um, sick of being a nurse, sick of babies, sick of the medical system, sick of, um, babies being sick more than anything and sick of doing everything we could. And then, you know, still not getting a great outcome. And so, and the other side of the coin also doing so much for these babies. And then it's like, well, you know, what's their quality of life going to be like, um, you know, once they leave. So I really struggled. So I took a break and went to Africa actually. And I'm like, I just need to get away for a while. And um, 
while I was over there, I had um, a near-death experience in the Zambezia River after a whitewater rafting accident. And then I was away for seven months. And when I came back to Australia, um, I still didn't want to have anything to do with babies. And so I worked in other areas of nursing for about two or three years. And then just slowly, I sort of got that call to return to the nursery. And, you know, by this point, I'd sort of started dabbling a bit more, I guess, in in spirituality and, you know, I'd done some meditation study and yoga training and and all of these things. And and so when I felt this pull back to the nursery, I was like, okay, guys, like if I'm supposed to go back there, it's got to be different because I can't just keep going to Africa when I can't deal with my job anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so after three years I ended up back in the nursery Um back in intensive care and um, within about oh, probably six months or so, um, my worlds collided. So I started seeing pictures around babies and I started hearing words and I started um, sensing, you know, when you feel like there's someone watching you and, mm-hmm. you know, and I was sort of having all these experiences while I was trying to be and act like a normal nurse, you know, in a, a very high-tech clinical science-based environment. Yeah. Um, and I ignored it for a bit because I, I thought I was going crazy and I took some time off work and thought too much shift work, not enough sleep. Um, and probably for about a year or so I just kept, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but I just ignored it because I was like, okay, this is kind of, makes my life as a nurse a bit more interesting but I'm like I don't know what to do with the pictures and the words and and what I was experiencing other than you know in hindsight didn't necessarily feel this at the time but in hindsight it completely changed the way I cared for babies and how I saw them how I interacted with them how I touched them how I spoke to them my own energy when I was around them as well um and then I sort of had this period where I was you know nursing clinically but also started to see um, clients privately as well and yeah got to the point where I'm like I just can't do this nursing thing anymore and then I stepped fully into into this space so yeah so that's been my journey It, it started off you know I had a very strict Christian upbringing so anything spiritual and um otherworldly and psychic and like energy beings and light beings and star children and all of this sort of stuff was not part of my upbringing at all. So I had to kind of remember it all um, (laughs) over that time. So, so yeah. And, and here I am now with, yeah, all sorts of stories and (laughs) experiences behind me. So that must've been quite shocking for you then Lauren to like be in that environment of people, like you say, you were, for, for me when I look at like we have the NHS in the UK and they're all very yeah. much about like doing things by the book and meditation and spirituality are kind of like a bit still far out there like they still they welcome them but it's not on the level that we do you know channeling cosmic beings <laughs> and, and seeing things you know and I always think oh my god if I if I spoke to like a, a quote-unquote normal person I'd probably be locked up in a padded cell yeah. like how did you yeah, navigate yeah. that with your colleagues and being feeling um enabling yourself to welcome it in but also feel grounded at the same time like it's a it's a lot isn't it when you get it all at once which sounds like you just got it woof, after your near-death experience yeah yeah it all sort of came in quite quickly but I guess I had to learn 
um, I had to learn boundaries, psychic boundaries, and I had to learn when it was on and when it was off because there were times if I was in the middle of a resuscitation, that was not the time to be connecting with beings and like watching the images that were coming through and, and all of that. So I learned that, you know, probably in the quieter times on a shift, I could sort of um, open that awareness up a little bit more, but there were times that I had to, for my job, be very much in my left brain and be very, very clinical and, and all of that. But but it was hard, you know, it's kind of like there's this part of yourself that you're hiding essentially, you know, and I didn't tell anybody. Um, I think it was about maybe six years or so that I was um, having these experiences while still nursing. And, you know, during that time I never saw, never told any other colleague yeah. what I was experiencing. So I think it gets to a point in, you know, whether it's in our job or in any relationship really, whereas if there's a part of you that you're suppressing mm. for any period of time, it gets to a point where it just does something's got to give. And I was so like, you know, there's a part of me that was really worried, you know, fearful of being judged and being like, um, yeah, criticised. And, and I did get a bit of that after I left the hospital actually, but I wasn't there so it didn't, didn't bother me as much. But, but yeah, I, I dealt with it by basically shutting a part of myself off and only allowing that part to come out usually on a night shift when it was a bit quieter or mm. um, other times and, and also just getting used to pretending, which, mm. you know, is not wasn't great for my soul and my values around being authentic with the world and um and showing up as we are and, and not, you know, trying to hide parts of ourselves. So so yeah, it, it was a challenge. And yeah, I think it just got to that point where it's like, okay, I need to make a decision here. I need because I can't keep pretending anymore. Like it's not, it's like not, it's not good. It's not good for my health, my mind. Like I felt like a bit of a, um, not a fraud, but just the, I felt a bit, yeah, just like I wasn't authentic or I wasn't acting in integrity because I was kind of, yeah, masking this whole side of me in that hospital environment. Um, mm. So, so yeah, got to a point it's like, no, nah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> And I don't know about you, Lauren, but I, I I feel a massive shift at the moment, especially with women in like corporate jobs. So I, I came from a corporate background. I was a tax advisor, you know, and I feel like, you know, in the human world, people are calling it the shift from 3D to 5D. I, I don't actually believe that shift exists, but there is some shift where I feel like, I mean, my team gave me a message just this morning that we are going to be shifting from working five days on two days off to uh, a new world a new earth where we're going to be more like in alignment with our heart's desires so it's so beautiful that you got to live many of the lessons and become masterful in them in order that you can live your own values right yeah yeah absolutely and I think there is a real shift happening at the moment on earth where you know men and women, but I'm noticing it especially in women that are sort of feeling that call to really step up into their gifts, into their power, stop, you know, being put in a box or being told, you know, when to work and how often to work and how many hours to work and sort of moving more into either jobs that are more flexible and more um, go with the flow, I guess, a little bit more rigid or they're stepping into working for themselves in some way. 
And I think that's I think that's really, really powerful because, and this is, I think, what's happening in a lot of areas in society at the moment globally where there are these big shifts in the different systems, you know, whether it's health, whether it's um, education, whether it's, um, you know, socially, like workplace cultures, all of these things, like the the shifts within the systems and those old paradigms about what, you know, we used to just do because that's just what we did. You know, I think a lot of that now has been questions. And I think this this next generation of children who are coming through, especially those born, I would say, in the last five years or so, a lot of them are having a really like, you know, when we talk about a, a purpose for a soul coming to earth, a lot of them have a collective purpose around starting to shift and shake and rattle some of these systems because it's like, hey, that that doesn't work for us anymore. Like, you know, it may have worked, you know, de- for the last however many decades or centuries, but we're not cut out for that anymore. That's not how that's not how we educate a child. That's not how we that's not what a family looks like anymore. You know, all of these different um, structures and systems that we're already starting to see are falling apart. And I think that is a part of this, you know, whatever this shift is in in the consciousness of the planet and the consciousness of humanity, um, there are, it's like, it's almost like for us to move or evolve, like some of these old dated or archaic um, systems and structures need to, fall away in some way um mm. and I think yeah this next generation are a really big a really big part of that yeah so. I think so that made me laugh when you were saying about the new generation coming through because my team sent me a vision of my five-year-old she's well she's six now coming in like a whirlwind and I was like yeah that's her she's so sassy yeah. and like <laughs> yeah she literally she literally calls you out on everything that you could you know hold yourself to you know she, yeah it's, it's incredible. I love I love seeing the world through my children's eyes. And I remember what you said at the beginning that before we even started recording, you said that your teachers were the babies. And it's interesting yeah. you said that because my greatest teachers have been my own children. Yeah. You know, not yeah. always, not always on with uh showing light and love, but sometimes yeah. being that mirror and showing you bits <laughs> of yourself that you're like, ah oh, man, you've caught me out. Ooh, I've got to work Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the stingy stuff, yeah. you know, the stingy stuff that people don't talk about generally on social media. But yeah, yeah. my my children call me out on my BS all the time. <laughs> yeah. <That's pretty. laughs> yeah. They, you know, I think so many of them are, you know, I think again, that's kind of another system I think that is changing around you know again decades ago it was you know like the parents were there to teach the child and the children were seen and not heard and they did this and they did that and they did as they were told and they didn't question things and they just you know this sort of thing whereas now I feel like it's come full circle and that these children are teaching us a hell of a lot more than what we can teach them in many ways you know it's it's our role to teach them how to be human right and to be able to navigate that journey but when it comes to like the wisdom and the um experiences of the soul and you know then when you sort of go into like um intergenerational stuff and karmic patterns and um the soul healing and and balancing karma and all this sort of stuff you know these kids are 
playing a huge part in the teaching of that. And as you say, it doesn't always look pretty. Like sometimes it can be quite brutal. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's, yeah. that's their role for a lot of us is in that teaching. And they certainly, you know, the babies I cared for in intensive care taught me so much about my own judgment and my own beliefs and my own assumptions. Um but judgment was probably the biggest thing they taught me. It made me realise how much I judged families or parents or, um, you know, the social situations they were born into, whereas, you know, connecting and communicating with these babies and what they shared with me, it just really sort of put me in my place, you know, as far as the, um, yeah, the my own beliefs and behaviours and assumptions, um, and that has completely shifted now. Um, and they were the ones like these tiny little beings, some of them only like, well, in Australia, we talk like kilograms and stuff. So some of them are only like a kilogram or less, which is probably like two pounds or something. Um, yeah. And, and yet yeah, they were some of my biggest teachers, these tiny yeah. little premature babies who were like, yeah, 24, 25 weeks. And they, yeah, are some of my biggest teachers around this stuff. Um and showed me, yeah, exactly where I was, yeah, off with my with my own perceptions um, around things and um, conclusions that I was making. Um, so yeah, they're they're very powerful little souls. These kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. I um. I mean, we we have very few rules in our house. You know, I try to allow my children to make all of their own decisions. As long as they're kind to each other, as long as they eat their dinner, as long as they go to bed on time, those are our three roles, really. Everything mm-hmm. else, we kind of go with the flow. So, you know, mm-hmm. they're just incredible. If you just allow yourself to be led by them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so much easier, right? I found parenting so much easier when I just gave up my reins and just said, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. off you go. Off you go, yeah. little huskies. Yeah, <laughs> it, go do your thing. <laughs> I mean, it can be total chaos, you know. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes they come up with some crazy ideas, and we don't yeah. always do every idea because otherwise we'd have like chocolate for breakfast every day. But <laughs> we try, we try to do as much of it as possible. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know anyway. about um some of the messages that came through from these little beings like especially the ones that were I mean for me my team would just want me to explain how we see it um that you are you choose the lessons and so you choose the parents that you're born into and so for me I became aware of that like in my 20s late 20s when I was processing my own childhood trauma and I was asking mm-hmm. myself like why why would I choose this? Why would I choose to go through these horrible things that I did? And so I'd love to know from like your experience, the kind of messages that came through for from those babies and those souls. Yeah, God, there's, there's so much like where to start. Um, you know, for example, like the one thing that comes to mind immediately is I was caring for, I think they were 26 week twins, um, a boy and a girl. And there was quite a significant domestic violence situation there with with the parents um both being perpetrators and I remember being as like wearing my nurse hat and I was you know in that clinical role and um 
you know, why haven't these parents showed up? They said they were going to be here at 10 and it's like 12 o'clock, they haven't arrived and going into judgment around, you know, not being reliable and blah, blah, blah. And I had to stop in my tracks because like I felt the soul of this, of the baby girl who, and I was in her room at that time and like near her, her incubator and yeah. And I can't remember her exact words, but her message was listen to what you're saying. You are judging these, these parents, this mother and this father, you've got no idea of their upbringing, their history, their background, their experiences. You don't know their their soul and what their soul come here to learn. You don't know what karma and baggage they've brought from previous lives. You don't know what they're here to teach others. And here you are saying that these parents are wrong and they shouldn't be doing this and, and all this sort of stuff. And basically the message that this baby told me, and I've always remembered this, is it's about, she said to me, your own beliefs with what's going through my head right now is only highlighting my own lack of tolerance for differences in our society and those assumptions that we make around, um, yeah, around people that are different to us, right? Mm. <laughs> oh, no. like so angel. <laughs> she's very spiritual. Yeah, so basically saying what you said, you know, we chose our parents. So, you know, this child was like, I know my mother and my father better than you will ever know them and I still chose them. And mm. so... You know, I think that is really important to remember when, when you think, you know, as you say, like why on earth would we choose this experience? I think mm-hmm. what's important to remember is like we have the human journey, journey and our perspective of that and then we have the soul's journey and um, the soul's perspective of that, which is very, very different. And what I learned continuously from, you know, not only these twins I cared for over a long period of time so I was born so prem, but also other babies like those born addicted to drugs, you know, and those born even being like, I think who would choose to be born at 23 weeks, you know, and listening to what these children are saying and it's around like one born at 23 weeks. Actually, I didn't know and the medical team didn't know this, but, you know, had she not been born then, her mother would not have survived. And I think that's a thing that we tend to get caught up in here on earth is that like the well especially I think when it comes to spirituality and and the soul and incarnation and stuff I think there is this belief out there that everything's set in stone it's like we come to earth and it's like our future is all laid out before us and and all of this and I think yes there are certain signposts and like you know major events I think that um (laughs) that are pre-planned but Sometimes the way to get to those can be um, often not planned and it's all about free will and other people's decisions and the energy of the planet, of um, of the earth, of the people, globally, cosmically, astrologically, however far you want to go out, mm. all play a role in the influence of, of how our lives can, can turn out. Um, and so with this, you know, 23-weeker, it was like, well, you know, this happened, you know, her mum got an infection. And so there was a decision that needed to be made, you know, was my mother, um, you know, was she going to die? 
and they try to save me, which let's face it, at 23 weeks is it's about 50-50 the odds. Um, yeah, or do I um, not survive and allow her to live? Um, yeah. And so... And because she said, I can just come back another day. That were her, they were her words to me. It's like, I'm not, there was no like, and this is the thing I consistently found in the babies I cared for is there was no, never any sense or energy around the situation being wrong. And I think that's another thing we often assume. It's like a baby shouldn't be born prem or a baby shouldn't be born sick or a baby shouldn't die, or a baby, a mother shouldn't get an infection, you know, or shouldn't go into preterm labour, like all of these things that we put shoulds on that we feel should not happen, yet they're happening every day. And so that was one thing that really pushed me, I guess, to go deeper and like dive deeper into all of this. And yeah, when I felt into these children and communicated with them, there was never any sense of, oh my God, like, it's gone wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm not supposed to be here. Some were surprised. It's like, oh, is that how that turned out? But there was a lot of like acceptance around and it. it wasn't like, oh, my God, it's like it's just all fallen apart and like everything's gone wrong. And now there was never any of that, which is very different to the um, the beliefs and the feelings that we project onto these situations that something's gone wrong. Mm. And you know, again, this is where it's is important to keep a, you know, to be realistic about the human experience. We don't want to dismiss or deny or or bury that the very real human emotions um associated with our experiences. But from the soul's perspective, there's a lot less emotional intensity and attachment to the situations. And so it's like, oh, okay, that's that's how that happened. Like, what am I gonna do from here? Am I gonna make and this, again, was coming from the babies in the nursery. It's like, am I going to stay? Is this the quality of life that I want? Is this what I want to do? Like, what am I here to teach my parents, my family, the nurses, the doctors, you know, because it's all, you know, they're teaching us just as much as we're, like, helping them in many ways. Um, and they're teaching us a lot around, you know, technology and treatments and all of that sort of thing. Um, so they're like, yeah, am I going to do this? Like, what is my plan for this life on earth and can I still complete that purpose or carry out that purpose now that this has happened and Mm -hmm. I do believe that we we all have different exit points at different times we don't necessarily know when they are we may notice when we've been through one you know like that near miss on the highway or you know a lot of those near misses can be potential exit points Um, and babies do have them and they have them throughout pregnancy as well in, in my experience. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of messages around karmic things, you know, or, you know, like I, um, I gave birth to a prem in my last lifetime. So now it's my turn to come back as a prem baby in this time to help balance that karma. And, you know, I was really, really addicted to drugs in a previous life. And so I'm going to be born addicted and I'm going to start, I'm going to be able to have a different experience of addiction this time because it's happening from birth. It's not happening, you know, from my teens and and all of that. So when you start thinking of it like that and look, it's, it's not easy at times. There's still, even though I've been doing this work for a while now, there's still the human part of me that really struggles with some of these concepts at times. Um, But it's just showed me this whole other perspective that we don't normally look at. 
And mm. probably the biggest message that I've um, learned from these babies, and I still struggle at times, but again, it's completely shifted my whole belief system around life and death is we also have this belief that every baby conceived is meant to stay, that all mm. babies who are conceived should be born. And that's not the way, you know, it's a reality that, and I never shy away from, you know, miscarriage and stillbirth and termination and all these things that no one wants to talk about, yet they're happening every single day to so many people, so many more women that we would ever think it would happen to. And mm. so just being able to find some acceptance, not even acceptance, but being able to shift my belief around that has helped me to understand these babies' journeys a lot more. It's like, well, what's their perspective? If they come to the earth and then went again, like let's ask them because, after all, they're the ones that are coming and going. So they're out of everyone, they're going to know why, the reasons why. Um, mm -hmm. There's so much there. You know, I work with a lot of women who have experienced pregnancy loss. It's probably my biggest, like, cohort of women. And, you know, and there's so many reasons for miscarriage and it's like nothing to do with the woman it's mm. like it's the soul like when it's when it's a miscarriage it's normally the soul that makes that decision to leave and often it's like I just need to come to get used to the earth it's like mm. going somewhere on holiday and then deciding after a few times actually yeah I think I'm going to move here I really like it here you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so I know that's kind of a, a you know blase way to talk about it but but I love baby. that. My, my team just yeah. sent me a little image of a little baby soul with two little mini suitcases like trotting in. That's what it made yeah. me laugh. <laughs> That's it. Because you can imagine, like we know ourselves, if we jump on a plane somewhere and we go to a country we've never been before and we don't know a way around, we can't speak the language the majority of the time, we don't know how to find our hotel, we don't know how to even like order a coffee and so it's like it's like it's the unfamiliarity and this complete mm. culture shock and that's us as humans going to another country on the planet so imagine a soul in spirit without you know an energy without a physical form coming to the earth like it's a huge leap and it's it's like the most foreign of foreign places like it's it's and it's such a like difference in frequency as well mm. so it's like some babies especially the children coming through at the moment that are very high vibrational a lot of the children coming at the moment have never been to earth before they've been to other star systems other places um but they haven't been to earth so they need to come a few times if you like to you know, each time they come for a few weeks and then go again, it allows their energy to um, to acclimate a bit more or start to resonate and um, what's the word, kind of, um, yeah, become more um, resonant, I guess, with the earth's energy so that when they do choose to come and they do choose to stay, it is not as much of a, it's not as jarring for them, it's not as much of a culture shock for them. Um, and so that that is happening a lot where some souls are needing more than one attempt to to come to the earth. Some need several. Mm. Um, so that's a very consistent message that's coming through. Some babies come purely as an as an energetic cleanse of of the mother or to help unravel her physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally in many ways to prepare her for 
the mother that they these incoming children or her future children need her to be you know at some point in the future so when we start to look at it like that it you know it sort of becomes a little bit again from the soul's perspective a little bit easier to understand why some of these things happen doesn't make it any easier for us humans here living it right and having to like (laughs) fumble our way through it you know not not dismissing that but again I'm very much I guess like I had to learn with nursing like balancing both it's like Mm -hmm. that the the soul and the human how can we like hold both how can we have different beliefs but be able to hold them simultaneously how can we be heartbroken over this but also understand in a bigger perspective so um, yeah and so I much guess, to have to share yeah and I guess it makes it does it make it easier for the, a lot of the women that you work with from a grief and a because I imagine I've never lost a child I'm, I'm a first human here by the way I, I'm I still find this whole human experience a bit crazy at times and a bit jarring <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've got to be honest I feel very yeah. alien like you know I don't yeah, feel yeah. like I, I always call them humans because I don't see myself yeah. as them yeah <laughs> so I can relate to all these babies they're all around me like laughing at me now it's quite funny uh, I've yeah, never yeah. connected to baby spirits before but I can see them now all around me it's quite cute um yeah. but I imagine from a mother's perspective there must be a lot of guilt and a lot of blame on their shoulders when they lose a baby thinking they did something wrong does it help yes, them yes. relieve them that they didn't do anything wrong that it was just the soul's choice or does does it take them a little bit of time to get their head around it? I imagine it's quite hard to get your head around, really. Yeah, and I guess it it depends on the woman. But like, I have some women that by the end of the session, they feel like so much lighter. It's like, oh my god, I feel like I can finally breathe. And some women, you know, I've worked with some women who it's been 20, 30 years since they lost their baby, and they've carried this guilt for all this time, and then. You know, when we can tune in, it's like this is why I left. This is why I didn't stay. It's like you can you can just see like these women on the other side of the Zoom screen. It's like their whole energy shifts, and they say like, "Oh my God, I I just feel so much lighter," or "I'm feeling like some peace in my heart for the first time." So that's the most common. It's like women feel this sense of peace and like, "Oh my God, it wasn't me. I can let myself off the hook. I didn't yeah. do." didn't you know they can sort of go into you know if only I'd done that or if I hadn't have done that and you know all these what ifs it's like they can finally just let that go and it's like Mm. no it wasn't me it was them you know it doesn't take away the grief or the pain necessarily but it helps to I call it a softening there's like a softening of that that guilt and and that grief um by understanding that that it wasn't them you know, and, you know, there was nothing that that they did wrong, nothing that they could have done differently. It was the baby's the baby's decision, you know, the majority of the time. Like termination's a little bit different. Um, that's but that's normally like a, a karmic thing. Um, not so much the baby's choice, but the baby always knows, is always aware of the decision before they even come. So it's like this baby is offering this mother an opportunity to help um, do something that she was unable to do most likely in a, in a previous life or balance some sort of karma there. Um, So even like with those women, you know, that have had a termination, they're like, Oh my God, like I just, 
like, is my baby okay? Like, will they forgive me? Like, you know, I'm just like, I regret it, but it just wasn't right at the time. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, whatever the situation was, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, again, a hundred percent of the time with those women, there's never any resentment, anger, no negative energy or emotions coming from that child. It's always very like, yeah, we knew. Like I, I knew before I was conceived that that's how it's gonna, that's how it's gonna pan out. That's how it's gonna end up. We made that, you know. Again, getting into soul contracts is like a whole other can of worms. But you know that can be, can be part of it as well. So it's really healing for these women to to understand why their baby didn't stay or why they needed to make that decision or why something happened you know, during, you know, even like birth trauma and these sorts of things as well, we can find some answers from the the soul's perspective, either from the mother's soul or the in the partner's soul at times and also the baby's soul as well. Um, and it just helps to, I think this work just helps to give a whole different perspective on like that's beyond what our human brain or mind or even science in many ways has been trying to explain you know because I think our biggest question is humans and not just with with parenthood but probably in any area of life is why you know mm. why is that happening like why didn't this happen you know all of these things so yeah and that's where the soul can give give answers which is pretty powerful really powerful yeah. I think my favorite um quote my own quote is it is what it is I think if you could just accept everything especially reality for it being it is what it is then you Mm -hmm. can just navigate through things a lot more easier definitely definitely human human emotions are I mean massive aren't they I think Mm -hmm. as humans we're not taught how to navigate our emotions either we're we're taught from a very young age to suppress them and a lot of the work that I do is around it's okay to be angry sad upset Mm -hmm. whatever as long as you express it and not at somebody yes (laughs) you know exactly and we're not taught all these things you know there should be a school where we're taught emotions a human school but they don't I think it's coming I think it's coming it's going to be a probably a long hard slog to get there but I Mm. think it will it will shift to that because yeah I agree there's so much that we weren't taught as children, not by any fault of, you know, our parents, you know, I do believe that our parents do the best that they can with, with what they have and where they're at. Um, that's not to say it's, it's right or, or wrong, but, um, but yeah, but things are really shifting. And now these, these children are really demanding that shift though, like, because especially we are having a lot of kids being born with really, big emotions and you know and being able or being unable to regulate their emotions at a much younger age they're not able to suppress like what we were taught to taught to like when we were we were kids were sort of yeah as I said we're taught to suppress but it's like the kids these days they can't they there's so much energy going through them and they've brought so much of their soul with them and they've got yeah so much energy that it's just like impossible to suppress so it's teaching us to teach these kids earlier around emotions and emotional emotional regulation and how to, you know, not only 
co-regulate with kids and their emotions, but also how to teach them to self-regulate and self-soothe, you know, when they're, you know, age appropriate, obviously, um, which is a total shift even from a generation ago or even yeah. when those of us who are childbearing age now, like when we were young, that's not how we were taught. So, so much has changed just in the space of that of that generation, you know, mm. in what, 30, 40 odd years. Um so it'd be interesting in another 30 or 40 years, you know, when our kids are having kids having kids is like to what, yeah, to the, those, how those skills are being taught and implemented. I think it'll just be like natural and like normal, you know, mm-hmm. normal is like getting up and getting, having a breakfast in the morning, you know, it'll just be a, like a normal part um, of life. You know, maybe not for everyone, of course, but like, you know, it'll become, I think, more and more common, Um and standard become like the new norm where these kids will learn how to you know not only manage their emotions but you know I think a a big part of it for some kids in particular is like you know I don't know what's my emotion and and what's mum's emotion or dad's emotion or the tv's you know what's coming out of the tv or uh, my friend's emotions you know so again it's those emotional like energetic boundaries as well you know and learning to to find space between you know this is my space and these are my emotions and oh that's their space and that's their emotions I don't need to take it on but um so but I love it when I see and hear of like you know different you know parents and even different education systems that are popping up all over the place now that are teaching kids to do yoga and teaching kids to meditate and teaching Mm. kids to to work with their emotions in a in a much healthier and progressive way I think that's really promising for the future oh totally I mean I've I've been in like at the energy space for about a decade and so my children have always seen me do this they've never really seen me have like a traditional job you know mummy doesn't go to work mummy works on a laptop type of thing and I remember like my two-year-old picking up my stones and clearing their energy and you know, they've they've learned from a very young age what boundaries are. You know, I remember my mm-hmm. four-year-old saying to me, Mommy, I just need to take five minutes. And she took herself off and just sat by herself. And I just, I felt so proud because yes. I didn't yeah, yeah. learn. I did, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I only learned about boundaries when I was 38. I'm 41 now. So I learned at 38 that it was okay to say no, whereas my children learned from, like, age, well, as soon as they could talk that it was okay to say no to people. And I just yeah, think yeah. that is empowering itself, isn't it? That these children get to learn what it feels like for them, not for somebody else. Because that's yes, when they yeah. learn about their own boundaries and their body and their own energy and make their own choices. I just think like they need to be given more of a say in the world. Because yeah. <laughs> like, we Absolutely. are... We've gone through like a world of trauma. They haven't, like my children haven't been exposed to trauma in the way that I have. So like next generation, hopefully they'll be teaching them from, you know, from birth, how to do these things. And it will just be so magical to live in a world where everyone just exchanges energy and understanding and you know, I do feel like we're, we're moving to that time. I didn't, I honestly didn't think that I would see it in my lifetime here, but I do think we will. I think we will. Like yeah. My team are just saying within five to seven years, there's going to be a massive shift. But yeah. I think also yeah. there's going to be a massive amount of destruction as well before that. 
like you said before like there's going to be so many things have to close and I think a lot of people are going to see that as a loss rather than a positive um yeah because people really struggle yeah and people struggle with change right and Mm. people struggle with with the new and you know if something's different there's you know there's belief I think within society of it's different then it must be wrong whereas it's like you know and there will be I think always or at least for the next few generations probably that there will be these kids that well not kids but these people that will always continue to hold on to that that old you know I think that is part of the shift away from that we still need some that do that but I think there's this increasing um pivot I guess if you like towards like building the new you know let's not keep wasting our not wasting our time but we don't need to keep going over and over and over things on repeat with stuff that's not working and um and needs to change and needs to shift and it's like let's yeah we can see it happening you know I think anyone on planet earth at the moment can see you know where things are falling apart and where things need to change and it's like okay well then let's look over here and it's like how can we build the new because this next generation are here for the new and you know as you said before like around the trauma side of things you know our generation you know it's been so common that the wisdom comes through around that you know our generation as where we are now as adults are the circuit breakers for a lot of that that trauma and it's like the the future children are calling us to step up and deal with that trauma and work through it and face it and confront it and um, journey with it and heal it and like whatever needs to be done because so often like these children come through especially not look this is very general and it's not the same in every situation it's all different but you know when it comes to some types of or some situations with with infertility for example like these children are wanting their parents to be in their late 30s and 40s so that they have that opportunity to work through that trauma and deal with their stuff because so often they've said, we haven't come here to deal with your shit. That's your job. That's your purpose. That's why you're here. That's why that's your journey. But we are here to kind of pick up from that and continue on, but we're not here to rehash all of that and then try to get to where we're going to go. They want to hit the ground running and they need us. Again, this is not about being perfect, but they need us to kind of do a certain amount of of that work and that inner work and that that growth and that emotional intelligence and awareness and all of that sort of stuff. They need us to get to that, um, get to a certain point so that the next generation don't need to go through all of that. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's not our job. We have a different purpose, you know. They respect that that's our journey for a lot of us and it's a really big, um, really big and important purpose but these kids are like nah like I'm not we're not there where that's not our journey and in order for us to have a different journey than you guys as in this generation of like in childbearing um, years at the moment need to do some some serious work um, mm-hmm. and again it's like soul level work you know as you know it's like this is deep stuff that we're dealing with um collective as well as individual and intergenerational and karmic past lives like so much of it and these children are are wanting us to do that so that they don't have to so they can get on and do whatever they're here to do so Mm. yeah it's powerful I mean there's so much work as well like obviously you never really want to tell people the level of work they need to do when you start working with them right but 
I remember like in my 20s I thought like doing the inner work was just like five minutes of meditation every day and keeping my vibes high you know but that was yeah. like you know 20 almost 20 years ago of doing the inner work and now I realize like you said the past lives soul contracts karmic stuff you know current life mm-hmm. emotional intelligence there's so much stuff to do yeah that sometimes it can be overwhelming can it so I, I mm. totally understand that a lot of times it's just too much for people and they tap out mm. like they, and sometimes yeah. I think um people assume that the work has got to be hard so you know yeah. a lot of the work we do is about past life trauma you know I'm dealing with people who have had like their heads chopped off and being persecuted mm. as a witch and stuff like that and, mm. but we're like just laugh about it you had mm. your head chopped off we're gonna heal mm. it we're gonna heal the yeah. trauma let's laugh about it let's make it yes. fun we'll get through yeah. it a lot quicker so I think sometimes the work does is a lot and there's a long road but it doesn't always have to be like oh it's you know let's sit down let's be sad about it it could be like this is really fun you had your head chopped off you're a yes. witch <laughs> you know yeah doesn't have and it to can be, be really gentle yeah. yeah it can be really gentle and I think you know we can you know always well not always but we can say you know what I just need a break right now just like mm-hmm. enough of the inner work I'm going to take the weekend off the week off a month off whatever and so I think we do within some degree anyway have that ability it's not like we're kind of like always have to be healing it's like we can kind of step off the train for a bit take a bit of a breather and take in the sights and then and then get back on but we can get on the slow train we can just you know we can move slowly through it we don't you know I guess I believe like with with healing and with all this stuff that we've been talking about there's not really an end point you know it's something that I think our generation (laughs) we're going to be doing to the day we die and that's a big part of our journey I don't know that we ever get there you know, get to this like healed place, you know, there's always things going on. So like, let's not rush it. Let's not try to like get to spin our wheels trying to get to this point. And as you say, it's like, let's make it fun. Let's make it playful. Let's have a laugh. Let's find the joy in it. You know, if we can find the joy, let's take it slow if we need to. Let's stop if we need to. Let's go a bit quicker if we want to, you know, all of these things. It's just so, yeah, it doesn't have to be, such hard grueling work because we came here for an experience we didn't come here to to be living in pain for 90 odd years we came here to experience the highs the lows and everything in between so I think that's important especially within kind of that spiritual healing space you know it's to 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 yeah take it a bit easy when we need to and have a laugh and have a play so yeah that's really I love that you're doing that that you're taking that approach because it can be so serious (laughs) oh no nothing I do is serious I mean I find my work very serious you know my mission here is serious but no I try and um, bring the most about a joy and fun and I always say if it's not bringing you that then why do it anyway you know I didn't come here for money because obviously money is just a vibration of energy we can tap into mm. infinite abundance yeah. which is you know much mm-hmm. more expansive energy anyway than money yeah. um yeah but I guess one of the things that does hold people back and was what I see especially in the coaching space is people 
having these big crazy goals like you know million dollars a month they want to build this massive empire and I'm like you're here from now until eternity like you've got from now until eternity just take it one step at a time so a lot yeah. of the things we do is is helping women tune into their body and their soul and ask themselves what should I do mm-hmm. today and just take one yeah. step you know one yeah. to three steps usually a day and I'm like yeah. that's enough don't compare yourselves to other people don't go out mm-hmm. there on social media and start getting into that lap mindset because yeah. oh my god you see it all the time there's so much um toxicity which is positive with the coaching industry I don't know whether you see that as well Lauren but you know yeah. women who you can still tell they've got a lot to prove because they're still working through these trauma layers yet they're really yeah. very successful on the external yeah. face of it and you think to me that's not success success to me is waking up opening my eyes in the morning and feel really excited so I woke up today and I was just I was really excited to have this call with you I was really excited to just have a real chill day you know I wasn't excited about the 15 sales calls that people boast about online you know what I mean it's just like what really really excites you and makes you feel amazing like I feel like we need to really shift what success feels and looks like as well in the industry and I feel like that's one of my bigger missions it's to uh, remove the codependency wound for females Mm. Mm. that's a huge one it's a huge one and I think yeah especially you know just going back to what you said like around social media it's so I think as women, so many of us have carry these wounds around the, you know, comparison and like the the not being worthy and and the lack and all of that. And it's like social media, it's just like it's rife like throughout <laughs> social media. And it just, you know, if you're not aware of it, like it will cut you down. And, you know, and it's, you know, I guess on the other side of that coin is it gives us the opportunity to still see where we need to perhaps, you know like dive a little bit deeper and look into ourselves a little bit more it's like oh why am I feeling like that I know it, it comes up in me at times that's why I I don't tend to do much in the way of social media I'm like I just want to stay in my own lane um yeah but yeah it's a it's a really big wound I think for many women especially those of us who do run our own businesses and you know you're sort of building something from the ground up and and stepping into your gifts and what you're here to do and all that it can be so easy to get to get sucked into that whereas I think we're all being called to step up and move beyond that and realize that it's just it's an illusion isn't it really it's just like and it's again you know as you say like getting all caught up in the the material side of things where you know there can be a lot of success or a lot of wealth or a lot of richness you know for some people and they can be miserable on the inside so Mm -hmm. it's about I don't know that you necessarily need to choose one or the other, but I I know for me, a big drive for me and something I'm wanting to step in more personally is around finding joy in the, in the simple things, you know, that's why I walk in nature every day because for me, the simple joy of feeling the energy of a tree or walking along water is the most like, you know, it probably sounds crazy to most people, but to me that can be the most powerful, joyful thing for me is like, witnessing the power of nature and it's something so simple that most of us can look out a window and see a tree but most of us don't whereas I think it's so easy to get to lose the joy you know especially as we get older and you know as adults and 
you know, whereas, as you know, you've just got to look at kids, right? They find joy in, like, everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything can be a game, you know. Everything can be fun, <laughs> majority of things. My, so my kids yeah. are tree huggers, as am I, obviously, because yeah. they copy what yeah. I do. But um, <laughs> so we get really excited about trees in our house. We We take pictures of trees more than probably anything. Whenever yeah. I go anywhere, I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to go sit with that tree for a minute. <laughs> and luckily, my partner's the same. She's like, I found yeah. this tree, and I think you will love it. I need to show you it. And we were just stat- stood there looking at this tree like, oh, my God. <laughs> In awe of a tree. Like, you know, people take pictures yeah. of, like, fancy houses and put Chanel bags on online but I'm like yeah trees I love trees as well yeah. I love fey energy there as well you know I love being around fairies and connecting yes. to that playful energy so anything yeah. around trees for me is and water as well obviously you love water you're by a beach and a, oh, a lake yeah. did you say so yeah oh, yeah I'm it's, sure it's you so probably powerful. spent some time in uh, am I allowed to tell her yeah Soul Origin and you probably spent some time in Mintaco as well which I did so yeah yeah Yeah. oh definitely I I very much resonate with yeah with with the water and I sometimes I feel like I need it like the air that I breathe you know it's like being being around water even if it's not necessarily being in the water but just being like close to water and being able to feel the energy of the water um and yeah, and so bring like energy and like bring trees and water together, and like I'm in my happy place, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's just incredible, and like you know, touching like the trees and and feeling the energy and feeling like the beings inside the trees as well. I've been working with that a bit more recently, and it's so powerful. And it's like I, <laughs> I get so much more enjoyment out of that than I do being around most people, to be honest. You know, yeah. I'd much prefer to be <laughs> around a tree for, you know, the majority of the time. Like, I'm very happy with trees. They're so much <laughs> easier to work with than people. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. They just accept, and animals are, to be fair. I love them yeah. enough it more than having my cats. I've got two black cats, so they're curled up on my bed next to me at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very at home with animals and children. You know, my children. Yeah. I think for me, if I could share something that was vulnerable for me as a mum, well, it was a really big struggle for me to become a mum because of all the trauma that I'd been through. I was told that I wasn't going to be a good mum. I was mm. worried that I would be like my own mum. You know, it was a lot of trauma that I had to work through, a lot of layers. Oh, my God, so much so. I've got a six-year-old and eight-year-old now, and I absolutely love being in their company. Like, don't mm. get me wrong. I get tired. I get frustrated. They still trigger me. I'm not going to lie that I'm fully healed, you know, because yeah. nobody is. That's bullshit, right? Yeah, um, exactly. But I absolutely get excited about doing things with them now. Whereas, you know, years ago, I would dread even waking up, you know, because it, it's a lot to process being a mom. So, you know, if you're watching this, listen to this and, and thinking, oh, good mom, mother, it is so hard. Like, you're right. You're right at times. And then if you're watching this thinking it's so easy and effortless, you're right. Anything you're thinking, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's it. It's a perspective. <laughs> yeah, everything's right. Just take whatever yeah. you feel as right. So much easier yeah. to move through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just acceptance. 
the acceptance is powerful. It's huge, you know, and I think the more the more we try to resist things, um, and I say this to parents as well all the time, like mum's trying to conceive, like the more you, you're resisting the idea of what you thought this journey was going to be, that, you know, it should have happened by now and, you know, what am I doing wrong and all these things. It's like, you know, with the, the information that the babies share, it's like there's never any mistakes. You know, if they were meant to be here earlier, they would have. And so it's about starting to, yeah, shift that perspective around the, the assumptions and the expectations and, yeah, and go into that space of like allowing and um, accepting the journey and, you know, and one thing at the moment is like children, they want to come through an energy of invitation and welcoming and you know they want to be offered a life here on earth they don't want to be plucked yelling and screaming from the ethers like to come and and come to earth because someone else is ready and I you know I don't say that in judgment to women because like I get that that need and that desire and often that urgency at times to have a child but you know from a baby's perspective they don't want to come through that energy and sometimes mm. that can be enough to block them. Whereas when women, or at least delay conception, whereas women come into this, like, yeah, I acknowledge that I want, really want to have a child and I'm ready to have a child. But then it's only so much you can do. It's like these souls need their own autonomy, like we all do, right? You know, we've been talking about like the 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 autonomy and that ability to make our own decisions and say yes and say no and change our mind and and all of this. And it's the same with these souls. They can come, they can change their mind, they can say no or no, not yet, or I want to wait for a bit or I'm not coming at all sometimes as a, as a, the case may be. So I think the more we can, yes, yeah, soften around that and find some, as you said, some acceptance, as hard as it can be at times, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, mm. You know, I think the less, the less pain and the less suffering that we'll experience because I think so much of that pain and um and frustration is due to the resistance of what is we're resisting mm. what's unfolding um mm. so we add a whole other layer to it um so but yeah yeah not to say it's easy <laughs> my team want me to just share something about what you said earlier about um like having a choice and having free will and and, and having different timelines so how we see it and how they've always told me that it is is that we have like I envision them as like little golden threads, which I call divine timelines. And some of them are frayed, some of them are, you know, hard and heavy, and some of them are just beautiful. And and I believe, and we believe that the, our purpose on here is to be on our own unique divine timeline where everything just flows with ease and grace. Doesn't mean to say it's always easy because we've always, always got things to learn, but ease yeah. and grace, effortless, you're just in the case of surrender where you're just taking that one step every single day and you're just accepting, like you said, you're just purely mm. accepting. But that what comes with that is great responsibility and knowing that because you're working on that one divine timeline, you have to have the courage to close all the timelines down around you, which, mm. you know, that's that's where the work is as well. You know, yeah. it's um, people believe that the work is just on one timeline, <laughs> But actually, you've got to have the courage to close all opportunities down as well, which, mm. you know, feels like a loss. Again, our human minds, right, are programmed to stop us if we go into a, a period of loss, you know, or mourn it mm. or not accept mm. it or don't go there. But actually, 
it's okay to lose before we gain. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I have no idea who needs to hear that, but obviously <laughs> someone does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really beautiful because I think, yeah, there are different different timelines around us and, you know, we can choose to um, align with, with the timelines that we're aligned with, you know, and that's why I always say it's not like we've come to hit, come to earth and everything's pre-planned. You know, we can shift and change and, you know, and even the, the babies coming to earth, they all have different timelines, you know, because they – they change, they can change their mind depending on what's happening here on earth. They may decide that they want to spend more time in spirit. They may come and then go and there's all um, different timelines. But, you know, but there's usually like a particular timeline that feels the most aligned at that time, you know, and then they can then make that decision. And it's the mothers as well. Like I often get this around the birth of a child you know it's like the most likely timeline at this point is x y and z and um you know and then parents or mothers can make that decision it's like actually well no that's not what i want so then they can kind of bring themselves back into alignment with what they do want and then move forward along that and then not need then to experience that timeline that once was visible so I think it's similar to what you're saying is it's like these different timelines do come up that aren't aligned with us but it might be because of we're being influenced by something or perhaps there's a bit of a glitch in our own belief system or assumptions or expectations that are kind of heading us a little bit in a direction that in the bigger picture we don't actually want to go to so once we can realize that and recognize that we can realign with the timelines that we actually want to move towards and as you say so release these other timelines that are not necessarily helpful or desired by us and by our soul so it's a yeah it's a it's a um as you said there's a there's a lot of responsibility with that but there's also so much um empowerment and autonomy Mm -hmm. around that as well and integrity and authenticity as well you know being able to do that but but again, it's as you said, it's also not easy because you know if we wanted an easy ride, we wouldn't have come to Earth, right? We would have <laughs> we would have stayed in spirit, or we would have gone elsewhere that's nowhere near as dense. But we've we've made the decision to come to Earth, and because we've done that, we we're not come. We can have ease, yes, but it's not going to be easy. So mm. it's like it's it's not an easy journey. This this planet for anyone. I don't know anyone that's gotten off lightly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah we've all had our own (laughs) own stuff to deal with like no one no one gets gets away with it you know (laughs) Mm. and uh, I think again that's a really important point to say because I think on social media a lot of people are just showing their their best lives you know um and I like to do both I like to share struggles and my best life because I think people need to see both sides of every story and men, most people have both sides of every story so you know I think this thing of comparing yourself to others someone else's favorite real is is not um realistic you know we're all dealing accurate. with stuff yeah it's not accurate either yeah no it's not it's like it's not comparing accurate. apples and oranges which you, you know there's no but there's no need to compare in the first place because I think if we are yeah aligned with our with our own timeline and where we want to go then what's happening out there it's not that it doesn't affect us but we don't need to 
give it too much energy mm-hmm. just like keep you know it's that process of like just keep coming back like who am I where am I what am I doing where am I going what's the next step as you said those like simple but consistent steps towards where we were, where we want to go is really important um and yeah and but also being adaptable right and being able to change our mind and change our perspectives if things change for us as well you know I think that's just just as important to, to oh yeah. yeah and I think having children help you do that because they are always changing and testing and and poking and prodding you and <laughs> all the things you know they change so much it's crazy you know what they like and what they don't like and that gives me a lot of acceptance that it's okay to do the same that um I've got so many different multi-dimensional aspects of myself that depends who I'm choosing to be in this moment who comes through and that's the yeah. truth of it you know and I think a lot of people get bogged down with things like personality or beliefs that other people have given them. And and most yeah. of the time, that's not who they even are. That's not mm. who you are. Like you, you are just so vast and so limitless that you can achieve anything <laughs> that mm. you want. But you've mm. got to want it and do the steps to take you there. And, and it just, I, I love Earth now. I, I haven't always got to be truthful yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah as I said it's not easy but it it does (laughs) for a lot of amazing opportunities right and and from the soul's perspective it gives us incredible experiences and incredible opportunities for growth and learning and understanding and um changing and all of these things so that yeah makes it powerful for the soul even if it can be a challenge for the the human us (laughs) like actually living it but but yeah, it's a pretty pretty powerful place to be, even mm. though it's. <laughs> so, I, mm. I think one of the things the struggles as well at, at times is um, seeing someone's potential. Like I can tune into what they're meant to be doing in their soul contract and seeing them on on a higher timeline, but yet they're stuck in their own patterns and their own trauma and you know, a lot of people are willing to do the work and that, that gets frustrating at times. Like um, when you can see someone and what they're meant to be doing and they're not doing it, I think that can be quite frustrating at times. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's just a reminder, isn't it, that, you know, any sort of change or desire really needs to come from within and even when we can, we can see it and as you see you can see the see the potential and then you know it's up to the the human and you know often you know i find it especially in people that are quite disconnected spiritually or disconnected from their soul they're not in touch with their own potential they're not in touch with their own desires and dreams and all of that and so i think if there's if that connection is missing then they're not going to see you know how to get there and some don't have that desire to get there they don't Mm. you know believe that they can and yeah it's hard to sit back and watch that and I think you know I've sort of saw that a lot you know in the hospital but also like personally as well and it's like you know is, is that I think we just get to a point where it's like you know everyone's on their own journey and you know we don't have to do it all in this life you know we've we can 
always come back again and I'm sure many of us will be back again to to work more on what we've been doing or, or learn you know work with with different different things but um and I think that's the magic as well that everyone is on their own journey um mm-hmm. and goes you know at their own pace I know with me there's been times I've been way off course um but I think for me part of the journey was getting back on course as well um mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, and I guess, yeah, it shows you just look around and and it's such a different journey for everyone. And that, you know, that divine timeline that you're mentioning was is different, looks so different for every soul in every, you know, looks can look different at different times of their life and, you know, and all of this as well. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting that it's, yeah, everyone really is on their own their own journey, their own um, adventure, mm. <laughs> their own like their own life, really. Yeah, and I think sometimes yeah. we just yeah we just have to kind of sit and watch that right, and and be ready to support if they ask for it or need it. But you know, often you know they may never get to that point, right? And I think that's mm. part of our journey then too. Is it's like oh okay, well I just you know wish them well or have compassion or. Um, or empathy and then it's like okay you know it might be not our vibe or it might not be our tribe or our ideal client even and I because I, I do get that yeah in my work there's there's some that it's like I just want a baby now or am I going to have a boy or a girl and you know yes these are important questions but again when you're looking at the the potential and the, and the soul's journey around that um, it they're they're in a very very different place you know, mm. and again, I have to be conscious of of not doing that because I know that I can go into that. But it's like, oh my god! But your baby is like waiting for you to not want them so much. You know, yeah. again, like it's a process of like, you know, you can see it, you can see what's going on, but some people just aren't quite at that point yet, or they need need more time, or perhaps need to have other experiences first before they get to it, or maybe they won't ever get to it, and they'll come back and maybe they've been living the same life a hundred times over. <laughs> They're still not getting it. Yeah. That's the journey too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And releasing expectation is a massive thing. You know, that's a lot of the work that we do really. Releasing expectation and surrendering. Just, you know, mm. just do what kids do at Christmas time. They get the book out. They they show you what they want and then they assume they're gonna get it and that's yeah that's the whole manifestation process done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's it. That's they don't doubt it. it, they don't question no. it. It's like no. no, that's what I want, that's what I'm gonna get. End of story. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. That's how it's gonna work out. And then yeah, it, you know, they get sad when it doesn't happen, but hey ho, yeah, life goes yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Another learning opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think yeah. Um, one of the things you said it was about channeling, so I'd be interested in in hearing some of your channeling because, I mean, I love channeling. I channel, like I said before, 95% of what I say comes from them, which I'm so grateful for because, honestly, my brain as a human just goes to complete shit most of the time. You know, it's not a full, fully functioning brain, so I'm so glad when I channel, they leave me about 5% sometimes to share stories and be human me, but most of the time they're working through me, which I'm so thankful yeah. for. So I'd love to yeah. 
hear some of your channel and if you've got any messages that you want to share with people or generally yeah or... well I think it's kind of been coming through like for the whole the whole session really as I said like it's kind of like fairly integrated these days like you know if I'm in the right you know the mind space and I like allow it in but but yeah I think you know the the main message and I think we've sort of been talking about it anyway the theme through the converse the conversation is around you know again just focusing on the um the energy or the um the mission or the purpose for um, this next generation is around pivoting to the new, stop trying to fix the old, we're building the new, focusing on the new, um, allowing these children to do their thing in the world, which, you know, we need to remember that they are wired very different to us, they communicate very different to us. That's a huge mess message that I feel like re really strongly even now is the how much communication is going to shift on this planet, not just um, through technology and all of that, but even like human to human, it's going to become a lot more and it already is becoming a lot more energy based. And, you know, we can, we all know what it's like to go into a room or to meet someone and you kind of feel like, oh yeah, they're, they've got my vibe or like, I like their vibe or no, I don't, I really have an aversion to that person, even though we haven't even had a conversation or like said it, said a word. So that is really strong for this next generation is, you know, they'll, I feel like well, they already are communicating a lot more through their, um, their, their voice, but not through words, if that makes sense. And also mm -hmm. their, um, their energies, like their energy, they can project their energy a lot easier than previous generations, including our own. They're a lot more energy aware. So they're picking up a lot more than what, you know, like earlier generations are. Um, and then obviously all the technology on the planet is very quickly changing how we communicate and connect with other people. But I think for the next generation, it's going very much around like how can we meet these children where they're at on a communicative level and, you know, and a lot of even like telepathy and, and all of that sort of thing are, are coming back because, well, not coming back, they've always been there, but they're being remembered. Mm -hmm. And so for these children that are coming through and like there's a group of beings that I work with I just call them the blue beings because they're blue <laughs> and um, yeah yeah I do a lot of like work with the Arcturian but um but yeah but these particular beings there's usually three to six of them and like I can feel them like at the moment and they're very they're so um focused I don't know if that's the right word also passionate I don't know if that's the word either around communication and it's like they're here to support the communication or the up-leveling or the uprising of communication on the planet and even things like you know children and it probably sounds crazy but needing it's like we need more blue in our lives maybe that's why I'm drawn to like the beach and the lakes and stuff because it's like it's blue but um but yeah a lot of throat um throat chakra clearing stuff that we're doing and and you know and there's so much that we can do to support children to like clear their throat chakras from babies like from newborns um to help clear a lot of the debris there and also helping their own communication abilities to come online because you know some as we know right kids some kids are very visual other and communicate through art others are very vocal and they can be very articulate and communicate through words others are 
musical and they communicate through music or singing or dancing or you know it's like all these different ways to commute to communicate and this is where this next generation of children are shifting into is that the communication changes and changing I guess what's accepted um, and how we can express and it's all part of you know what you're saying earlier around this these intergenerational and transgenerational patterns around um, suppression. It's like these kids, they're like, we've just got to get it out and we need to allow them to express themselves in a way that feels right for them or the way that they feel comfortable or the way or to their strengths, really. That's what I feel. It's like to, we're honouring their strengths so we're not going to try to make a kid talk if they're, like most natural way of communicating is through dancing around the living room or through playing the piano or, you know, these things. So that's like, yeah, I mean, that was probably a fair bit, but yeah, like I feel the message at the moment anyway, or the energy that's coming through me is around communication and being open to communicating in different ways with this next generation. And whether we're open to it or not, they're going to force us to because the old ways are not working and they're going to not work. <laughs> yeah, we're already yeah. seeing that like in the school systems and and even like I think the way some kids or some of our generation were disciplined, you know, that's not working for kids these days. And so, um, yeah, it's I think it's really, really honouring that and not trying to make them fit into any kind of box. Like we need to give mm-hmm. them, as I was saying earlier, like that, that free reign within, you know, within limits, obviously, not running right through the streets, but but being able to have that ability to um to understand themselves and like get to know themselves and express themselves in ways that they feel most comfortable with or or want to, rather than what us or society is telling them that they should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that is going to really change how how we see communication as as a planet really um mm. over over the coming years so mm. Mm. anyway that's kind of like a mishmash of different things but but yeah I love that I love that and the thing is um that's why the children have been brought into this lifetime to teach them mm. the adults that are still struggling with communication because a lot of the work that we do is around healing uh what we refer to as access points which are usually um, traumatic deaths or um, trauma wounds that have been incurred in this life or other lives. And a lot of beings do have trauma to their throats, you know, and mm. you delve deeper and they're like, yeah, we can't, I can't communicate my desires, my feelings. I'm like, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> You've been, yeah. I had a client the other day who'd been tethered in a past life with a, like a ring through her throat. And when I told her oh, about wow. it, it's like, oh yeah, I had, uh, a thyroid problem and I had mm-hmm. a cyst and I had cancer in my throat I was like well that will be why well, yeah, <laughs> you know so yeah, all of these yeah. all these physical things aren't usually what they actually are <laughs> either no, definitely not, definitely not. <laughs> there's a lot more to it oh so much more so much more I'm very conscious of time Lauren <laughs> so yes. I know it's later yes. and I don't want yeah. to keep you sleep like sleep to me is like the most important thing in the world actually food is as well but sleep and food yeah. are like me <laughs> yeah yeah I'm the same it's about what 9 30 here so it's yeah it's getting 
getting late. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let you go shortly. But before you do, I want you to just yeah. explain to people like um, what what how they should reach you or what you could do or, you know, just give them some ideas. I mean, we'll make sure we include your details somewhere. Um, but let me know, let them know how they can contact you. Yeah, I'm on Instagram sporadically. So my business is Born Energy. Um, so I work... Um, yeah, obviously I'm based here in Australia, but most of my clients are international rather than than based locally these days. So, um, yeah, so I do a lot of, yeah, baby soul communication work with babies past, present and future, um, preconception through to children. I'm working with children up into like round about that preteen age at the moment, sometimes early teens, depending on how communicative the soul is to the, the human side of things like how much that child is yeah open to that communication um I work yeah over zoom remotely um via email as well so yeah I'm mostly on instagram um bornenergy.com.au is my website um I'm on facebook sporadically um so yeah so that's probably the easiest ways um to reach me at this point probably instagram is the yeah the easiest way <laughs> Okay, cool. We'll make sure we put your Instagram link in then so people can reach you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's it's so fascinating the work that you do and I love what you're doing to help people who have been through this trauma but also help the new generation of children. I think um, creating the new earth is just such a magical thing to do and I love that you are playing such a, a, an important role in that. So um, my tea were just like I'm tingling all over but they just want to share like a massive heartfelt thank you for everything that you do and everything you've been through to get to this stage you know they they just they say that they adore you so thank you <laughs> oh thank you that's really beautiful and it's yeah I'm really grateful to you know receive those words sometimes I feel like a crazy person so it's nice to like <laughs> have that so yes thank you for that I really appreciate it and it's been great it's been yeah such a fun fun conversation and yeah thank you so much for for having me you're welcome no problem I'm just gonna 